Great. Uh, so that reading was uh, Mark, uh, not Mark, Matthew 28, uh, verses 1 to 10. If you've got a Bible in front of you, um, feel free to turn to it. It's on page 1,000. And I want to add my welcome to, to that of Rob's. My name's Tom. I help uh, lead the life here at St. Luke's. Uh, and it's a real joy to see so many uh, faces with us this morning. Uh, great uh, if you're w- uh, watching online at home. Uh, welcome to you if you've never been in here before or you've not been in here for ages, or you're not quite sure how you ended up here. Maybe you saw something on our website. Maybe you got a card through the door. I'm so, so glad uh, that you are here this morning. Matthew 28, uh, verses uh, 1 to 10. And to to get us into uh, this passage, I need some help. Now, I realize this is, this is sort of normally the thing we do at Christmas with uh, presents, but my daughter did bring the Christmas story with her, so maybe we're just a bit confused in our household. I need three people whose main qualification is you're really good at opening presents. Okay, the challenge is who can find out what's in their present the fastest? Oh, you, you have to open it, yes. Yeah, 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 that's, that's the challenge. How fast can you unwrap the presents? Ah, what's in there? No, no, nothing. Nothing. Hmm. What's in What's in yours? Oh, you sure? Ah, uh, okay. Elwyn, what's in yours? Should we find out? Oh, he's, he's still getting the box out of the box. Come on. What's in this box? Come on. Come on, rip it. Give it a good rip. What's in? We've got to have something. Oh, oh, oh. Oh no. How are you feeling? There's nothing in there. How are you feeling? Disappointed? A bit sad? You feel okay, but I mean, it promised so much, didn't it? And it's it's empty. Fantastic. Go and sit down. Thank you very much. Most things, when they are empty, it is not a good thing, right? Get a bir- get a birthday present, and it's an empty box. You'd be gutted, wouldn't you? How about uh, this morning, you go to make a cup of tea or get some milk for your, for your Weetabix because you decided you weren't going to have a chocolate egg for breakfast. And you open the fridge and the milk bottle is empty. Gutted. It's not good, is it? Or how about, um, how about when you go and switch on your car and you see that the... If I can get this to work. The petrol gauge is on empty. Oh... And then you have to go and fill up your car with petrol. That's not good news, is it? Because it empties your bank account. Does it a lot at the moment. Or maybe, maybe this Easter, actually, you're feeling the emptiness because there's an empty chair at the table this year. Or maybe, maybe just stuff is going on in your life where, okay, you've got a smile on your face today. There's extra special things happening because it's Easter Sunday. But actually, you feel like you are running on empty. Or that life just feels a bit empty. Well, if that's you this morning, you are in such good company. Because in that reading that we watched a minute ago, in that reading you can have open in front of you on page 1000, at Matthew 28, we meet two people, two incredible women, both called Mary. So much had happened to them over the last few days. They'd struggled to take it all in. They'd struggled to make sense of it all. 
Their friend Jesus, who they pinned all their hopes on, who they'd given up so much for, who they thought was God's promised king come to save the world. Well, he'd been betrayed by somebody they trusted. He'd been arrested. He'd been beaten up. He'd been put on trial unfairly. And then he'd been killed in the most humiliating way on a cross. They'd seen his body be wrapped up, put in a tomb, and a big stone rolled in front of it. Mary and Mary, they were running on empty. They were feeling emptier than they'd ever felt before. Emptier than any of these boxes. A sun came up that first Easter morning. We read in the first verse, Mary Magdalene. And the other Mary went to look at the tomb. They'd had a whole day to take in what had happened. And maybe they felt the need to just go and do something, try and be useful. When someone you know and love dies, you find yourself often believing that it's not really happened. Perhaps they went just to confirm that it wasn't just a really bad dream that they'd had. The person who'd been at the center of their lives was now in the tomb. And the world around them, well, it was carrying on as if nothing had happened. But that didn't last for long, did it? Because we read in verse 2, there was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance, we're told, was like lightning. His clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid that they, they shook and became like dead people. Now, the earthquake and the angel opened the tomb. But it's not to let Jesus out. It wasn't to show a dead body. It was so that Mary and Mary could look in and see that it was empty. Completely empty. Empty. The empty tomb is proof of what the angel says to Mary and Mary. And in verse 6 of our reading, we get the most, and I've had to write this down and you'll see why, we get the most incredibly brilliant, exhilaratingly exciting, thrillingly awesome, staggeringly amazing, extraordinarily magnificent, astoundingly astonishing 11 words that have ever been spoken. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said. Amazing. Wow. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said. We're definitely going the wrong way now. It should definitely go, wow! The emptiness that Mary and Mary arrived with suddenly starts to change. Everything moves fast. Everything feels out of control. It's scary. And yet, Mary and Mary, they're just bubbling over with excitement. They run around the corner and they go run straight into the risen Jesus. And all, you know, what does Jesus say? All he has to say is, hello. And they're on the floor and they're holding on to him and they're worshipping him. He's alive. He's alive. The empty tomb, Jesus being raised from the dead, reverses the emptiness we can feel in our lives. But how? How does it do that? Well, we need to play a game. Uh, I'm hoping that most of you, not if you do, uh, know how to play Simon Says. Yeah, so I give an instruction. If, if I put at the start, Simon Says, you have to do it. If I forget to, you're not supposed to do it. And a few people forget, and it's all very funny. Except I'm not called Simon. 
I'm called Tom, so we're going to play Tom Says. We'll start easy. We'll start easy. Tom says, wave. And just because we can't see you at home, still play along. Uh, holiday club last week, and we've, we've already had a glimpse. Uh, Tom says, do a superhero pose. Now let's see how coordinated you are. I want you to uh, pat your head and rub your tummy. Oh, Tom didn't say. Now, I want you to imagine how were Mary and Mary feeling right at the start of the story. Tom says, sad face. And then the angel uh, comes and appears. Can we do a shocked, surprised, stunned face? Oh, I didn't say to do it. Ah, Tom shouts, happy Easter. Happy Easter. Well done. Give yourselves a round of applause. Now, I wonder what you would have done if I had said in that game, Tom says, walk to London. I reckon you'd have pulled a bit of a strange face at me. I don't think anyone would have even reached the door because, let's be honest, it's quite a big thing to ask. To tell you to go and walk for 80 miles somewhere, it'd take you about three days, I think. But do you notice when, when Mary and Mary meet the angel and he speaks to them, when, when they meet the risen Jesus and he speaks to them, he says, go and tell G the rest of my friends, the rest of Jesus' friends, to go to Galilee, about 80 miles away. Why? Because there they would see Jesus. And Mary and Mary do it straight away. They go off uh, to tell Jesus' friends to meet him in Galilee, not because Simon said, not because um, Tom said, but because an angel, a messenger from God said, because the risen Jesus, if somebody can be raised from the dead, it, it makes sense to listen to what they say, because he said so. And over the following weeks, Jesus uh, and his friends spent time in Jerusalem, but also in Galilee. And my question, reading Matthew 28, 1 to 10, is why Galilee? Why does Jesus want them to go to Galilee? And I think if we understand this, we understand how the empty tomb deals with our emptiness. Galilee was where it all began. It's where Jesus started his ministry. There's this idea then that Jesus being raised from the dead offers a fresh start. Not, not to Jesus, but to anyone who chooses to follow him. We're told that Galilee was filled with all kinds of people. It was known as Galilee of the Gentiles. This fresh start is open to anybody, no matter who they are, no matter where they are from, no matter what has gone on in their lives, to anybody who chooses to follow Jesus. Galilee in Matthew 4 is tied to the great promise of Isaiah that those who are living in the shadow of death, a great light will dawn on them. Jesus being raised from the dead is like the biggest light switch in the world being switched on. And the shadow of death disappears because Jesus' death, for those who choose to follow him, is their death. It's what we deserve for our sin. And Jesus has dealt with it totally. We can be forgiven. It means one day we might physically die, but there's a promise of life after that. The promise of resurrection. Why Galilee? Well, just before Jesus died, he said, I'm going to die. I'll be raised to life and I will meet you in Galilee. Jesus predicted it and promised it, which means if Jesus can do that and you choose to follow Jesus, it means no matter what might come your way in the days and the weeks and the months and the years coming up, 
Your future is completely and totally certain. A fresh start. All kinds of people. Life to come. Totally certain. It might be that you're here and you're wanting to explore these things a bit more. We're running a Christianity Explore course on the 9th, starting on Monday the 9th of May. You can find out more on our website, chat to me. Explore these claims if you've never done that before. For the rest of us, it means today is a day to celebrate. It's to celebrate. But also it's a day to be reminded that we are sent out. Not to go to Galilee, but to make it known that Jesus really is alive. He's real. He's risen. And we're going to be thinking about that a little bit more tonight. And I'd love to invite you to come along again. 6.30 tonight, we're going to be hearing from the end of Matthew 28. And Jesus sends all his disciples out to make more disciples. And we get to see three people. There'll be a pool behind me be baptized. So why not come along, hear their stories, and see that picture of new life. People being raised to life with Jesus.